All right, 2TV Sports, the Tosh and Jerry podcast live. Tosh Myers and Jared Blinder here with me today. Today, we're going to preview our thoughts on the NBA returning on Thursday, July 30th. Couldn't be more excited about that. And also, Jerry, big day today. MLB's back. Opening day in baseball happening in July. Never thought I'd say that in my life. But uh, two major things coming up in sports. Sports are back. The boys are excited. We're ready to talk about it. I've got some takes I need to get off my chest. Um, Really excited to be here today, Jerry. Dude, yes, sports are finally back. July opening day. Never thought those words would come out of anyone's mouth, but that's just some the world we're living in now. And uh, super excited to finally have both these sports come back at the same time. We got hockey coming back in August, um, and then hopefully the NFL can follow suit in September, and we can get a a little semblance of our lives back together. Yeah, there's nothing nothing like live sports. But uh, all right, on this pod, what we're gonna do first is talk a little bit about this NBA restart. Uh, then we'll get into baseball's opening day. So, um, cool. So, NBA's bubble. Um, looks like it's going pretty well in Orlando. Uh, everyone's set up. Apparently, there's no positive cases since they've gotten there. Um, or So, so it's looking good. Um, there are some notable players not there, though, Jerry. Um, we've got uh, players from the Clippers, Bucks, and Lakers. So, the three contenders. We've got Montres Harrell, Landry Shamit, Pat Bev. Uh, Ivanka Zubox, all those guys aren't there. So that's four rotation guys from the Clippers not there. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, Pat Connaughton, also not there. Um, and Rondo, uh, who's actually hurt, and then Avery Bradley opted out. So um, what do you make of these misses from a lot of these uh, major contending teams? Yeah, so I think it's really case-to-case on this one because, um, like you said, some of them are come down to injuries, opting out, and then some people have personal matters, what they had to leave the bubble for. And so I think it's a case-by-case. Case. We know Pat Bev's coming back. Montrez is uh, most likely coming back. Bradley Beal opted out, won't be there. Rondo's out to injury, so that's a kind of big blow to the Lakers. Um, the Clippers, yeah, it's interesting because they have three, four guys out. Um, and so I think that chemistry is going to be uh, tough at first. Um, but I think by the time the playoffs roll around after eight regular season games or the eight restart games, as long as those guys are back and COVID-free, they'll be, they'll be all right for the long haul. Yeah, well, when I heard that Bradley was opting out and then I saw Rondo got hurt, I was thinking, wow, this is huge advantage to the Clippers. Um, but now with Harold, Shamit, Pat Bev, Zubox all out, like this, the Clippers just seem like one of those teams who might not ever like get everyone back together, playing together um, and hit, hitting their stride at the right time. That's just, to me, it just seems like, I don't know, it might not be the Clippers year, even though they're, they're more talented than the Lakers. Uh, I think that it's kind of tough to just to just you know make up for four guys who haven't been practicing, who haven't been with the team. Uh, kind of, kind of a tough situation. I mean, yeah, it definitely is. But you got to remember, Harrell was in that six man of the year conversation coming off the bench. I think he was averaging over sixteen to eighteen points per game off the bench. I'm um, really giving them that second line, just a real burst of energy uh, every single game. Um, and so I think you know they're all pros. They'll be there. Um, I'm a little more skeptical than I was. I'm kind of high in the Clippers this year coming into it. I really like their, their chances, especially with Kawhi being rested, letting that uh, lower leg injury heal, uh, hopefully during, during this downtime. Um, I, I, I think they'll be all right long-term. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I know you were high on the Clippers, but these, these injuries don't, um, don't help. And one other injury we got to talk about is the, uh, 
you know, big contract signing for the for the uh, Celtics this offseason. Your guys' point guard, Kemba, looks like he's got some chronic knee issues. Dude, uh, yeah. He, fan. Are, are you worried? or? Yeah, no, uh, definitely. So on? so apparently the uh, the Hornets didn't – they didn't resign him one because he, he was on the uh, all-team NBA. And so he had that massive mega deal that he could have gotten with Charlotte. And they weren't willing to pay a 30-year-old point guard with a knee issue that money. Luckily, we scooped him up and we were hoping that knee issue would get better. But it had been lingering. All throughout earlier this year, we heard reports he was fully healthy coming into the bubble. Now they're keeping him out of the first restart game due to that same knee injury. And so I'm actually really, really skeptical about Kemba's knee because I think the Celtics can only go as far as Kemba's health can take them. I think Jason Tatum is obviously that budding superstar and Jalen Brown's his Robin to to Jason's Batman. Um, You know, they're one and two. But I think Kemba is really the X factor on the Celtics. And so if he can stay healthy, I really, really like the Celtics chances this year. And, but I'm very, very skeptical about his knee. And I honestly, like at this point, just before the restart happens, I hope they rest him as much as they need to um, in order to make this, this grueling two month playoff push. Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, negative about the Celtics and like the injury, but it seems like a pretty big issue to me. If, if you're a uh, point guard, you signed the four year deals already having chronic knee issues. Like, Definitely. He's That's got, huge. He, yeah, he's got to get healthy. So um, we'll keep our eye on Kemba. Um, but all right, let's get to our first section or uh, segment, in or out, Gary. Uh, let's go through some of these teams and, and um, say say what our thoughts are on them. Uh, let's start off with, with the, uh, the guy that we were just talking about, his team, Kemba Walker and the Celtics. Uh, are you in or out on the Celtics? Yeah, so I'm in on the Celtics, big Celtics fan. I'm actually in a Celtics shirt at the time of this recording, funny enough. Um, I, but again, like I think they can only go as far as Kemba's knee can take them this year. Uh, that being said, they're three games back. I know it's going to go by win, win percentage uh, in the bubble to determine playoff seating, but they're three games back of the Raptors uh, headed into the restart, and they're about three games ahead of the Miami Heat. So it, they're looking to lock up that three seed. Uh, I don't know if they can catch Toronto. I really like their chances. In the playoffs against Toronto, I'm not high on Toronto at all. Like I don't, I'm not a believer in them. Um, but where, where are you standing on Toronto on this one? I am in on Toronto. I think Toronto is underrated because they've got about seven players who are all very high quality players. You know, you got Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, uh, OG Anunoby, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Gasol, Ibaka, and Norm Powell. Like, that's a great rotation. Um, I don't think the Celtics have the depth the Raptors do. And no, uh, I mean, the Raptors definitely have more depth than the Celtics. Like, that's a given. That's not even arguable. But I think the Celtics starting five is definitely can outduel the Raptors in a seven-game series. And that's what you need come playoff time in the NBA. You're sleeping on, on my boy Spicy P. <laughs> Pascal Siakam averaged over over 22 points per game this year. I'd argue he he'd be the best player in that series. Absolutely and, not. That's a scorching hot take. The best player in that series. No, no, no. Kemba's better than him. Jalen Brown's better than him. And Jason Tatum's better than him. Like it's not even close. He's like the fourth best guy in the series, easily. You think you think Jalen Brown's better than Pascal Siakam? Absolutely. Who would you rather have? Easily Pascal Siakam. No way. No not, way. Not even. Jalen Brown cannot be a go-to player on offense. Um, Jalen's barely scratched the surface. He was also taking the leap right behind Tatum this year. It, 
Pascal Siakam is not only a great offensive player, but a great defensive player as well. Plus, the, the having having Marcus Siakam, Ananobi, Andy Baca, like who are the who do the Celtics have who's over six seven to guard any of those guys? Dude, you're sleeping on Robert Williams. That man is a defensive presence. Gets every board in the area. I'm really excited about his talent going going forward. Uh, if if, Ro- if Robert Williams is playing big minutes for your team, you're screwed in the playoffs. Like no, I mean I'm not, I don't foresee him playing you know a, a huge massive role, but I like him as a as a role guy. Like he knows his spot. He knows he knows he's a, he facilitates. He plays good D. Gets all the boards he needs to get. Um, and he lets the score score. You know whether that be Jason or Jalen. Yeah, I'm I'm out on the Celtics and on the Raptors. Let's go to another Eastern Conference team, the the uh, Sixers. Uh, moving Ben Simmons to power forward, Shake Milton enters the starting lineup. Al Horford to the bench, uh, in or out on the Sixers. Dude, I love what Brett Brown did by moving Ben Simmons to power forward. They had him at point guard, and he can't shoot. I don't understand that. I, I'm also a huge, just to clarify here, a big Ben Simmons hater, as he went in the same uh, draft as Jason Tatum, and obviously I'm on the Tatum bandwagon. Um, can't stand Ben Simmons. I, I love it when they leave him open at the three-point line to take shots, because he won't do it. Um, but if he moves to the power forward, like obviously he's like one of the league's best facilitators there is. They add some scoring up top with Shake Millen. Um, I guess they're going to have Big Al more coming off the bench. Maybe they'll look to util- utilize him with at the four and put Simmons at the three at times um, if they haven't beat down at the five. I think, though, the Sixers, again, are limited by their team chemistry. And if they can get that right, they can make a huge run. But if they can't, then it's only really as far as Embiid can carry them. And that depends on what kind of shape Embiid's in. Yeah, with with the six, I'm fully in on the move. I mean, it seems like a pretty obvious move. Simmons should not be a point guard. He's, I think Simmons is really a center. Um, but since they have an MB, he's got to play power forward. I mean, he's pretty uh, I, undersized to be a center, but I mean, he he's got the height. But I mean, I don't I don't think you can have that kind of ball handling at center unless you're like Jokic. But Jokic has the size to be a center, and even then, they play him at the four. I mean, Simmons is pretty tall. He's on, I think he's you know a little bit he's under like seven feet. But uh, anyways, I think the the Sixers, their problem is just going to be like offense. I mean, they've got very little shooting. Um, they also don't have much depth. Uh, um, and on the Sixers, potentially getting to the second round, if they have, um, if they face the Celtics, I, I, I like their their chances there just because of the overall size and the Celtics don't have it. But um, yeah, I don't like their chances versus the Bucks. Um, so I, I, I can. Well, I, can, I mean, you don't like anyone's chances versus the Bucks. You're a big Bucks guy. Yeah, I, I'd say I like the Raptors' chances versus the Bucks a little bit more than the than the Sixers. Um, so, out of any team the in the East, you think the Raptors give the Bucks the like hardest time? Yeah, I mean, the Raptors are the second best team in the in the East. That allegedly. I mean, they they won what they they're eight games up on the Sixers in the regular season. They're three on the yeah, Celtics. but the Sixers were yeah. a disaster this regular season. The Sixers had no chemistry. They were losing games they had no business losing, and that's fine by me. Like as a Celtics fan, I'm all good with that. But I mean, they definitely should have been better than 39 and 26 at the time of the break. Yeah, um, let's get to the Western Conference teams. Um, got some interesting ones here. The Rockets, small ball. Are you in or out on the Rockets? I mean, it's tough. I'm not really in or out. I think I, it's too early to tell what it is. I think it really just depends on the matchup. The Rockets have proven that they can get to the Western Conference Finals and no further, and that was with a more traditional team. Um, but again, that was when 
James Harden had chemistry with Chris Paul before this chemistry. And so Russell Westbrook completely changed the dynamic of that team. And so, I mean, you got to like Russ uh, as long as he's not taking too many threes. You got to like James Harden's shooting, but in the playoffs, he just hasn't proven it yet. So I think you got to be out on the Rockets until they prove it. But that's not saying they don't have a good chance to make a little noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm out on the Rockets. I I think the worst move this offseason is the Rockets trading their best player to the Thunder, Chris Paul, for a significantly worse player. They also gave up draft picks. Like, I don't know why. They, that was a horrible trade. Um, Wait, are you saying Chris had, Paul is better than James Harden? Yeah, Chris Paul is definitely better, better than James Harden. That's um, a scorching hot take. He'd much rather have Harden on any team. No, he involves his teammates on offense. Chris Paul does. He also plays great defense. Um, Chris Paul should be, you know, he's, I think he was an MVP candidate this year. Um, and that brings me to the Thunder. I'm fully in on the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder's lineup with Chris Paul, uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams was the highest uh, rated uh, five, you know, five uh, man lineup in all of the NBA. Um, but I think the Thunder are really dangerous uh, with Chris Paul. Gallinari's good. Shy's good. Steven Adams is a, you know, very solid. Um, and Schroeder's been great this year, averaging like 18 points. I'm fully in on the Thunder. I'm looking for them to make a little run here in the playoffs. Yeah, the Thunder, I actually have to agree with you. They're a really, really sneaky team. They're not overwhelming in any one area, but they have all those guys you just mentioned that. I don't really need to feel the need to go through again. Um, but I, it's more interesting to see, I think, where they end up. Right now, they're at the fifth seed, but with eight games left, they could jump all the way up to three, and they could fall all the way down to seven. And so I think I, they could easily sneak out of the first round, depending on like who their matchup is. But them going past the second round is going to be really, really tough with the, the top teams, Lakers, Clippers, and Nuggets up there uh, in the Western Conference. So I, I'm, I like the Thunder, but I'm definitely sleeping on them a little bit more than you are. You seem to be pretty woke on the Thunder there. I'm very woke. But the uh, the Nuggets, one of the teams they're fighting with, appears to only have, um, I think it was eight players a few days ago in the bubble. They've got my man Bull Bull starting at uh, small forward, Nikola Jokic at point guard. Like They seem like a little bit of a mess, although Bull Bull looks pretty nice out there. But um, I'm out on the Nuggets. I think they might be in for a, a little awakening in the playoffs. Um, thoughts on the Nuggets? Dude, yeah, so they have, like, nobody in the bubble. They have all fours and, I think, one shooting guard. Um, yeah, Bubble, crazy, dude. He put up 16 points, 10 boards. I think it was three blocks in the game on Wednesday. Um, he, like, crazy. We both went to Oregon. He went to Oregon, played, like, three minutes at Oregon. Yeah, exactly. Go Ducks. Um, played, like, three minutes at Oregon broke his foot, and then slid to the 44th overall pick to the Nuggets. So what an absolute steal. This man is seven foot six. the wingspan unlike anything we've ever seen. He is trying to kind of emulate his game like KD with, uh, in the way that he uh, plays almost like a guard. Um, and so, like, the Nuggets, I really, really like their team going forward in future years because they have Jokic, Bull Bull, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and uh, Jamal Murray at point. And so I really like what they could potentially turn into. Um, I'm just not sure that it's all going to come together this year in the bubble. And I feel like they're one of those teams that like rides the crowd and, and needs like that team chemistry. And I think the season being interrupted really hurts them as the third seed. And so I could actually see potentially the Thunder, like you mentioned, or Jazz sneaking up and getting past them for that third seed. Yeah, I'm out, definitely out on the Nuggets this year. 
All right, Jerry, let's let's uh throw some predictions out there for this um for this restart and see uh what what we think the seeds will be come playoff time. Right now in the West, uh the Lakers would be the one seed, the Clippers the two, Nuggets the three, Jazz as the four seed, and then we've got Thunder as the five, Rockets in the sixth place spot, Mavericks seven, and Grizzlies eight. Uh how do you think the West will end up shaking out? Yeah, so it's definitely gotta be Lakers are a lock at one. It's going to be really hard for them to jump out of that one seed or lose that one seed. The Clippers yeah. are two. The Clippers are pretty much locked in two. So you got the LA teams up top. The Nuggets are three. They're a game and a half up on the Jazz and two games up on the Thunder and Rockets. I don't see them holding the third seed. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the your Thunder are going to be the third seed out of the West. That doesn't inspire that much confidence out of me. Um, I'm going to go with the Rockets or the fourth seed. And then the Utah Jazz. The Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell riff. Uh, not sure how that's going to work out on the court at the restart. They said they're fine, but we'll see. I'm actually a pretty big Donovan Mitchell fan. I really like the Jazz. I actually have ended up watching a bunch of Jazz games this past year. Um, huge fan of them. Hopefully they can stay together. I like rooting for them. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, the Mavericks, pretty solid at that seven seed. Big fan, huge fan of Luka. Um, I was actually at the Blazers game, Blazers Mavericks up in Portland this past year, and I was like the only person yelling for Luca up in the third row, being that guy. So that was that was a fun little experience. And then the eighth seed, John Morant, man, he's looking he's looking pretty good at this restart. I think it's gonna be really fun to see if Zion can make that push with the uh, with the Pels. Don't see the Kings getting it. I think uh, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies have a pretty good shot of holding on to the eighth seed. Actually, I kind of I kind of like them in the in the two game elimination playoff there. What about you? Yeah, definitely Lakers one, Clippers two. I like your take on the Thunder. I'll have them three. Let's go the Rockets four. I think the Nuggets will hold on to the fifth place spot. Uh, Jazz six, Mavericks seven. And then at, getting in the eighth seed, I like the Blazers. I think of all those five seed teams, Dame's the best player. Um, and he'll, I think he'll be able to carry his team to the eighth seed. So that'll make for some, uh, definitely some some fun playoff matchups there. Um, let's move our way over to the East. We've got the Bucks locked in as the one seed, uh, Raptors as the two, Celtics three, Heat four, Pacers five, uh, Sixers are the six seed, Net seven, Magic eight. Uh, how is that going to shake out, Jerry? So I don't see the first three seeds moving. Obviously, I would hope my Celtics jump the Raptors uh, to get to that second seed, but I just don't see them making up the three games uh, in just eight games to go. Um, what I do think actually will happen, though, is I think the Heat fall off from four and the Sixers move up. So you got the Heat, Pacers, and Sixers all kind of bunched up there, four through six. I think the Sixers come out of this as the four seed, moving up two spots from the sixth. And then I think I got to put the Heat above the Pacers. So I'm going to go Sixers, four, Heat, five, Pacers, six. And then I'm also going to have the Magic jumping the Nets for that seven seed. And so I'm going to have the Magic taking on the Raptors in the first uh, round playoff series as the as the Magic are the seventh seed now, and I'm going to have the Nets dropping to the eighth seed to face the Wizards. I mean, and then that playing game between the potentially the playing game between the Nets and the Wizards is I don't even know, man. Like they're both those rosters are so drained of talent now going into it, so it's really a toss up for who faces the Bucks in round one. What about you? Yeah, it seems like the first three seeds are locked in. Uh, something I I want to see the Sixers Celtics round one. So I'm hoping the Sixers stay at that sixth seed, but I'll predict they uh, they and the Pacers flip. So we've got the Bucks, Raptors, Heat, Sixers, and then the Pacers, and then yeah, the Magic. Well, I think they'll jump the Nets there. 
Nets are pretty depleted. I do think the Nets will will get in as an eight seed though, um, and so that, that'll that'll be that'll make for some great matchups. Um, really looking forward to this NBA restart. Uh, but now it's time to talk about who we're who we're uh, sleep who we're not sleeping on, Jerry. Who aren't you sleeping on, dude? My Boston Celtics. You can't be sleeping on them. We're gonna get Kemba healthy. Tatum's gonna continue his ascent that leap. I think we're gonna bulldoze through the uh, the first round, get through the second round, whether we play you know the Sixers, Pacers, whoever it is, or even the Raptors. Um, and then, and then I'm really, really excited for that Celtics bucks matchup in the Eastern conference finals. Obviously the bucks are overwhelming favorites to get to the finals and even win the finals really. Um, but I, I, I really like our chances. Don't sleep on my Boston Celtics, Tosh. I'm sleeping on the Celtics. Uh, they don't have anyone over six, seven. You can play uh, basketball really. And, uh, no depth too. So I'm sleeping on the Celtics, but, um, all right, in the in the West, I'm not sleeping on the Mavericks. I think if the Mavericks get that seven seed, uh, and the Clippers are still depleted without four of their you know nine rotation players, don't sleep on Luca and Kristaps Porzingis to pull a little upset in the first round and shock the world. Um, we'll see what happens with the Clippers and their health, but. I really like the vibes I've been getting from Luca down in Orlando. It looks like he's uh, excited to be down there and ready to go. He's one of the best players in the NBA. And uh, just don't sleep on the Mavericks, Jerry. Dude, he's having the absolute time of his life down in Orlando. I love the Dallas Mavericks, the Euro Mavericks, KP and Luca down there. Uh, those two. I think they definitely need a third piece to make a big three to have a more consistent team to have that huge, that big three to make a run at the title. But yeah, dude, if they have that first round matchup with the Clippers, and uh, Luca can score on Kawhi still. Like that's going to be a ton of fun. Like I, that's looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Well, we're both excited for this NBA season to get back going. All right. As we uh, transition here to baseball, man. Opening day of the baseball uh, season. Recording this during the rain delay of the Yankees and Nationals game. But Jerry, it's great to have baseball back, man. What are your thoughts, dude? Yeah. First live sport coming back of the major four. Super, super exciting. I was, I was glued to this game. Really, really unfortunate that got rained out, but honestly, like, it constitutes a full game. So not the end of the world here. Uh, a little bit disappointing, kind of like 2020 has been so far, but I want to get into the game. Yeah, and remember, this game counts for almost two and a half uh, normal games. So it, uh, it, it means a little bit more now watching these baseball games. It was a, it was a fun thing for me. Um, and, and man, Giancarlo Stanton looks like he's pretty locked in already. Yeah, good to see Max Scherzer out there. Um, absolute ace of the Nats, defending World Series champion. No fans, but that's to be expected now in 2020. Um, but absolutely unbelievable out of the Yankees. Their lineup, Giancarlo took him deep to nothing. First inning out of the Yankees. As a Sox fan, devastating to see the Yankees score in the first inning. I know we both have them as World Series favorites. Um, just unfortunate they got off to a really hot start. But, but luckily, Scherzer was able to settle in a little bit after that. Yeah, this link, Yankees lineup is honestly just too nice. You've got Judge, you've got Stan, you've got Gleaver, Hicks, Luke Voigt. I was hoping Andalar would play today. Didn't get to see him. Um, man, this Yankees lineup stacked out. And Garrett Cole just out there doing what he normally does, throwing 100, paid in the dots, throwing nasty breaking balls. Uh, the Yankees look like they're uh, they're ready to go. And and, um, and it was fun to, fun to watch. but. One thing I wanted to, to ask you about, too, Jerry, 
um, is is your boy Mookie. He got traded from the Red Sox, um, you know, almost somewhat of a Boston legend, and now he's on the Dodgers sign, signing a mega deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mookie deal? So firstly, just wanted to say, happy to see Adam Eaton take Garrett Cole deep. Any Yankees pitcher that gets taken deep is a win in my book. Secondly, uh, obviously very sad to see Mookie Betts traded away from the Red Sox. That being said, though, the $365 million 12-year extension, good for Mookie. Like, absolutely get paid. Like, very happy for him. Uh, but he's going to be 39-40 at the end of this deal. And so I think it's going to look really, really good the first five to eight years of this deal. And then once he has 35, 36, like he's, he's obviously like a generational talent. Um, but like, I'm not able to project how well he's going to be able to play out till 36. And so I think the deal could be awesome for the Dodgers. If he's able to play more than like eight, nine years at a very high level, but it could be kind of like an Albert Pujols type deal where it looks good at first. And then it just kind of becomes a disaster on the books that you can't trade that contract. Um, but again, good for Mookie getting paid. Yeah, Mookie does seem like one of those guys who will stay pretty good late in his career, but I do not know why they had to give him that many years. I mean, you know, give him a little bit less years, give him a little bit more money. You're not going to be stuck with him when he's bad, when he's, you know, 38. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have given him eight years, $300 million. Like, he's obviously worth the talent, again, generational talent. Like, he deserves all the money he's getting, and uh, hopefully hopefully he does stay healthy and stays productive. Yeah, I can see why the Red Sox didn't. I mean, it doesn't seem to fully fit with their timeline. I'm not sure if the Red Sox will be really contending within the next two to three years, just given their pitching, and it seems like they're getting a little bit older. One thing, too, Jerry, we've got a little interesting thing happened today before the uh, game started. The playoffs expanded to 16 teams. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the expanded playoffs? Yeah, I mean, Tosh, you know that I'm a casual, more of a casual baseball fan anyways than you are. And I think the more teams you can get involved, the more exciting for every fan base. I know it gives my Red Sox a chance, at least in the shortened season, to make the playoffs as they're projected to be third in the AL East. And so I'm definitely in on that move as far as baseball goes. I don't think this will be a permanent change, and I'm definitely okay with that. Yeah, Rob Manfred was definitely listening to uh, how we fix baseball, one of our earlier pods, because, man, they're doing everything that we told them to do about the, the playoffs, the runner on second and the extra innings, um, the, the universal DH, uh, even the shortened season, which was kind of out of their hands. But, Gary, the season's almost made for you, and, and the, these playoffs are just another great thing MLB's doing. It's going to be a, a fun little 60-game ride here into the playoffs, and Really, any team has a chance, though. Kudos to MLB for uh, for doing that. I think, you know, even like my teams like the Giants, uh, teams that get off to slow starts, it's going to be it's going to be a really fun one. Go yeah, man, it. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the most exciting baseball seasons we have. But uh, before we get off this podcast, I wanted to ask you about uh, your San Francisco Giants taking on the Dodgers uh, just last night as this podcast released. Yeah, I really like the Giants' chances going into this game. I know I might sound like a like an idiot after the game happens and you guys are listening to this, but I really like the Giants' chances. Kershaw was uh, scratched from this start due to back tightness. Looks like looks like the Giants have a shot here. I, I think Johnny Cueto is, is pretty good, and the Dodger lineup is is amazing. But uh, Cueto is one of the better pitchers in baseball. The Giants' lineup is pretty scrappy. I like the Giants here, so don't sleep on the Giants, Jerry. Hey, man, if, if Cueto can capture uh, one of the outings from his younger years in his opening day, then, yeah, they got a great shot. But I'm not sure the, uh, the Giants' offensive lineup can keep up with the Dodgers there. But, again, you know more about uh, 
your own division than I do. So I'll, I'll leave that to you. I'll leave you hopeful there and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, going into this first or second game of opening day. The Giants are a scrappy team, man. Don't got a lot of, a lot of youngsters who are eager to get out there and prove that they're, uh, that they're worth something. But um, all right, just one last question I have for you, Jerry, which the overall uh, watching baseball, you've got no fans. It's, what, what, what were your thoughts on just the overall scene? Yeah, so at the time of this uh, this recording, I've seen one game, the Yankees and Nationals. Looking forward to the second game. I will be watching that pretty closely uh, as the night continues. Um, and I, I don't hate it, honestly. Like, the fans, obviously, like, you want the energy in the building, but the Nationals were piping in the crowd noise. As far as I know, the players could hear it, and it didn't really affect the the television production of of baseball. And so I think for the fans, it's not too altered. Like, yeah, you're going to get used to it, not having like a live audience there, but I think the players are into it. And as long as they're, you know, fighting for every single game this season, I think, I think they'll know the fans are watching and give it their all. And so I don't really have that much of an issue with it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. We'll, we'll take what we can get. It's pretty good seeing Garrett Cole out there throwing a hundred Scherzer. You've got Stan and all the guys looking forward to tonight's game. Giants versus Dodgers. Um, that's going to be a fun one. Um, but for now, Two TV Sports signing off the mic. Go check out our articles on Two TV Sports.com. Uh, go check out our Instagram at Two TV Sports, our Twitter at Two TV Sports as well. I uh, got a lot of good content on there. We want to hear from you guys, man. We want to get in some Twitter debates and Instagram debates. Uh, don't feel free to. Uh, Feel free to fire back at our takes and uh, and yeah, looking forward to talking next week.